So we get a chance to baptize him, I guess, uh, in the association. So I encourage you as that comes up to be a part of that. Uh, a blessing to be together. And, and I believe this man will be a blessing to our association. And appreciate everybody's continued prayer for Daniel and for us. Um, I tell you, when you're in the hospital, it makes you stop and think about all the people that have to sit in the hospital. It's no fun. But I'm grateful to a church family that loves us. I don't know how people get by without others that care about them. Very lonely. Okay, we are in uh, Philippians 3 this morning, verses 1 through 11, as we continue on in our study on the book of Philippians about joy and titled this message, Happy Hopes. As we look at a guy who was highly efficient, highly successful, highly gifted, highly talented, but he discovered that wasn't enough. So turn me to Philippians 3. We're going to look at verses 1 through 11. Ask when you find that to stand in our God's honor as I read aloud. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again. And it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those men who do evil, those mutilators of the faith. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who worship by the Spirit of God, who glory in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If anyone else thinks he has reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. In regard to the law, a Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church. As for legalistic righteousness, faultless. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection, and the fellowship of sharing in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Let's pray. Father, we are back again. Thank You that we are able to come back into Your presence together, Lord. We know that you are not confined to this place we call sanctuary. But we also know that there is something, Father, that you love about your people being willing to gather and to seek your your heart, Lord, to seek your face. And I pray this morning that, Father, we would be reminded about you. Because, God, ultimately, you're the audience. You, Father, are the one who we want to watch. And the result is we, Father, just want hearts that are open to you. And Lord, we're just a mess and we need you. And as we look at Paul's testimony and his call, his charge, 
And Father, we're just, we're no different today, God. We're quick to lose our joy, and I pray you restore the joy of my salvation and that of any of my brothers and sisters who could use a good jolt of joy. So, Father, guide us and lead us by your wonderful Holy Spirit, in whose name we pray. Amen. You know, every we learn early on in life, we want to be somebody. We want to be noticed. We want to be recognized. We want to stand out. So, so what is said is it's dependent upon my performance. I want to impress the people that are around me, whether it's a job or whether it's a group of friends, uh, whether it's at school or, or, or wherever it is. You know, we want the attention. We want the praise. Someone has written uh, this. When a person works an eight-hour day and receives a fair day's pay, that is a wage. When a person competes and receives a trophy for his performance, that is a prize. When a person receives appropriate recognition for his long service, well, that's an award. But when a person is not capable of earning a wage, can win no prize, and deserves no award, yet receives such a gift anyway, that is a picture of God's unmerited favor. And the truth is, that is where we all are. We may have some level of performance, but no matter where that is, it's not enough. Romans three ten and 11, it says, As it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. Well, that, that's pretty inclusive. Everybody is in the same boat. It says further down, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You go on there, he says, there's none righteous, no, not one. And then he says, there is none that understands, understandeth. You think you get it. You think you have this understanding as you look around you and as you seek to perform, as you seek to impress, as you seek to be somebody. But he says, there's none that understandeth. He says, there's none that seeketh after God. And then he goes on to say, well, what is done, it's unprofitable. There's none righteous, no, not one. It's not about an award. It's not about a reward. It's not about a trophy. It's about grace. You know that great verse of Scripture we quote so often in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for it's by grace you've been saved through faith. This not of yourselves is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. You see, when it comes time to leave this earth suit and head toward eternity, when it comes time to enter into heaven, they won't be up there, guys. Yay! Good job! You're here too? You know, I love it. Someone has said that there's three miracles. The first miracle is there'll be some people up there who you thought, they won't be up here. And, and then there'll be others up there where you'll say, there's no way that um, they could be up here. And then the third miracle of all is hopefully you'll be up there. Oh, man, 
the power of grace. Look at our text. He opens up and he says, Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. Where there's joy, there's a recognition of God's provision, not our performance. There's an understanding of the cross and that we have been forgiven by the work of Calvary. I'm going to come down here. Don't worry, I'm not coming after you. You know, it's funny. I heard a a sermon this week. I I was listening to this guy on on a podcast and he said, this guy right in the middle of church, he starts walking out of church, and he says, where are you going? He says, I'm going to get a haircut. He says, going to get a haircut. He said, yeah, I didn't need one when I came in here. So I don't intend to keep you that long today. But uh, turn to 144 in the Baptist hymnal with me. I, I just started thinking about the words of this powerful hymn. I thought, hey, we can read them all together. We have the book. We have the hymnal. It's not performance, it's provision. It's the cross. Look what he says. 144 in the Baptist, he says, When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died. Now, survey means it's not a glance. I mean, it's a a big look. It's a gaze. He says, when you take that deep, deep look at the cross... On which Christ died. Guys, that's our call. It's not about I got to be better. It's about he is the perfect sacrifice. He goes on. He says, my richest gain I count but loss. And poor contempt on all my pride. So you think you're something. Get over it. (laughs) Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast. Save in the death of Christ, my God, all the vain things that charm me most. I sacrificed him to his blood. See from his head, his hands, his feet, sorrow and love flow mingled down. Did e'er such love and sorrow meet? Or thorns compose so rich a crown? Were the whole realm of nature mine, that were a present far too small. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. When we catch sight of the magnificence of the sacrifice that took place on that old rugged cross, when we look at that, more than just a glance, more than just a glimpse, but a glare, a deep, penetrating gaze. Guys, we are moved. We are moved and humbled. There's no room for pride. And when we get into that list of rules and we get in that performance, we lose our joy. It becomes a burden. It becomes something you have to do. Why? Because whether we realize it or not, we're trying somehow to impress God. And it's never been about that. It's always been about the cross. Look as we go on in our scripture here. He he says, rejoice in the Lord. It's no trouble for me to write the same things to you again. It's a safeguard for you. 
In other words, he's saying, remember the cross, the cross, the cross, the cross. Remember it, the cross. And then verse 2, he says, watch out for those dogs. If picture in those days, there were wild dogs and, you know, it was a danger. I mean, those little rascals come up and they bite you, <laughs> cause all kinds of havoc. He describes them as dogs. He says, those men who do evil, the mutilators of the flesh, the ones that want to rob your joy. They, they want to turn the subject away from Jesus to you. He says, it's we who are the circumcision, we who worship by the Spirit of God, who glory in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh. Catch that phrase. He says, no confidence in the flesh. It's not about me. As the King James would say, it's about thee. It's about him. And, and then Paul goes on and he says, look, if there's somebody that might could sneak in a little bragging, I do have a pretty good resume. And, and then he mentions his resume. Notice what he says here. He, he says, if anyone thinks he has reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more circumcised on the eighth day, he followed that protocol, of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, that was the tribe that was in that promised land, that holy land, born in that place, Benjamin, and held that special significance. He was a Hebrew of Hebrews. In regard to the law, he was a Pharisee. He kept the little details of the law. He, he was so meticulous and and, and, and was so cautious to, to make sure that he didn't stumble at any point. He, he says in persecuting the church, there was zeal. And as for legalish, legalistic righteousness, he was faultless. You want to see the guy who walked with that religious strut? It was Paul. It was Paul. But after sharing all of that, he says, but that is not where my hope lies. That is not where my confidence is. You know, it makes me think of another hymn, the, the solid rock. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand all other ground is sinking sand. He says, I don't want to place my life in that sinking sand that's called performance, but upon the provision of Jesus Christ. That's the solid rock upon which I stand. It's a safe place to be. Verse 7, he says, whatever was to my profit, I now consider a loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. He said, what matters more than anything else is a deep, continual knowing of Jesus and growing in that. Notice what he says. That I, he says, I consider all that other stuff rubbish. Uh, there's, you know, some debate over that word rubbish. Some define it as dung. I mean, how much more rubbish can get? Others define it as just trash. But the point is, it's not something that you want to keep around the house or something you want to hoard or have a lot of. It's worthless. It's, it's, it's even disgusting. But he says, rather... I, that I may gain Christ and what be found in Him. He says, I'm not about this righteousness of my own, but I'm about that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from who? 
It comes from God. And by faith, that trust in Him. I've always loved uh, verse 10 and 11. I want to know Christ. And, And I want to know the power of His resurrection. This one's a little tougher. And the fellowship of sharing in His sufferings. Becoming like Him in His death. He says, I, I want to deeply know Jesus. Listen to the Amplified um, here. I don't have it memorized. I'll share it. Well, my computer went dead on me, so I'll live without it. And I can't quote that because that's like half a book. But basically, in the Amplified, he says, I want to become deeply acquainted with Jesus Christ. I want to deeply fall in love with him i want that to be more than just a a a glance i want it to be a, a lasting love affair with christ and it includes the power of his resurrection for that daily living and it includes even the suffering because somehow in the suffering we meet jesus in a very special manner that otherwise we would not uh, in his in his blessing in his power, um, he says that he wants to know Christ and to somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. He says that hope, that hope of eternity, that hope of the next life comes from knowing Christ. It doesn't come from my righteousness. It comes from the cross. Basically, my hope and what I do is not going to turn me toward eternity. You know, when we have a a funeral service, it's referred to as a eulogy. The word eulogy means a good word. And it is appropriate to say a good word of the memory of a person who has entered eternity. But a good word does not mean a good ending. As much as I want to offer a good word, there's only one who can give a good ending. And that's Jesus Christ. You see, God says that this sin issue that we have, it separates us from Him, and it separates us from being with Him in heaven for all of eternity, and that we are headed toward a place called hell, and it's a place of suffering when we try to do it in our own power and our own strength. It must be about Jesus. It must be about the cross. It must be about the fact He is resurrected. It must be about the fact that He offers hope that's, that's where the eternity is found. and That's where we are to, to trust Him. That's, that's where the hope is. And that's the message that Paul gives. And as I share, it's, it's the message that we leave here with today. Um, guys, if you leave thinking, I'm a good person. If you leave thinking... Well, you know, it's like scales, and, and my role is that the scale's going to balance out this way, which means I'm got more good than bad. I just don't want to go this way. No, the truth is we're, I'd have to fall on the floor and do a cartwheel probably. It's so bad. <laughs> Over this way. It's just Jesus. It's just the cross. It's just grace, and Paul shares that. He gives this long resume, and he says, It's rubbish. Dung, trash, whatever you want to call it. But what matters is knowing Jesus. That he wants to know Christ. He wants to know the power of his resurrection. The fellowship of sharing his suffering. Becoming like him in his death. And so somehow to attain to that resurrection from the dead. What about you? Where are you? Let's pray. Lord, uh, thank you for your word.
Thank you for your servant, Paul. God, what a, a great hero for us. A man who loves you. A man, Father, who certainly got his warts, as we say. He doesn't claim to be perfect. He even says that all of that performance stuff, he said it's worthless. It's like trash now compared to what matters, and that's Jesus. So, Father, we just want to leave here, and we want to make sure that as we leave this place, that we do not leave without Jesus as Savior and Lord of our lives. Because that's the most important decision that anyone can make. Without you, life would be hopeless. But with you, Father, there is meaning. And Father, we just trust you in that. I pray in this time we refer to as invitation that you would have a freedom, Father, to speak to us. And that we would not fight you, but just say, okay, Lord, I need to do what you say. So, Holy Spirit, as you speak, I pray that our hearts would be in tune, whether it's to come and pray at the altar, to make a decision right where we are, to come to the front, Father, to share with your people. Father, whatever it is you're up to, we do not want to miss it. And so I pray for all of us that we would have a sensitivity to you and that we would obey as you lead us. In Christ's name we pray.